It's the voice of the one and only DJ Scream, letting you know that you are now in tune to the Casual Flex, where culture meets sports and casuals are welcome. Now here's your host, Philip Dukes. Yo, welcome to the third episode of the Casual Flex. I'm your host, Philip Dukes, aka Dukes D Scoop. Catch me on Twitter at Dukes D Scoop and catch me on Instagram at Dukes D Scoop as well. Today is a very special occasion for me. Uh, one of my good buddies, good friends from school, came on, and uh, I'm really excited to have him here. Uh, number two pick in the overall, uh, number two overall pick in the 2005 NFL Draft. A very accomplished high school baseball player as well. Very, very smart financial guy, a financial guru, somebody that you may want to tap in on to get your finances right. Mr. Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown, how you doing, dog? Man, I'm good, man. It's always good to catch up with you, my dog. You know, I appreciate you for sharing your platform. Always good to be here, man. And more importantly, I see you always repping the college hard. So hey, hey man, you know what? I got this shirt and this hat from my boy um at uh my uh my good friends at Like Alliance artwork they uh they matter of fact they from north clayton where um donnay went to school donnay in shop yep okay i got the same hat though so i, oh, I, already my got, bad. One of I got one of them you <laughs> feel me now that's hard that's hard bro so look man you know we got some very pressing issues um so when we're gonna start out like we ain't gonna like not not even gonna wait no waste no time um so right now this is a tough time in auburn football right um, I know you love Auburn football very dearly. Uh, you do a lot of work with Auburn football. You're also right now the uh, sideline reporter uh, for the radio show, if I'm not correct, right? That's right. Yep. Right, right. So um, in your opinion, like if we just have like we had a tailgate, me and you talking, talking like, you know, what does Auburn have to do to get back to the point where you left Auburn in 2005? Yeah, man, you know what, Dukes? I think the, the honest answer for that is, bro, it's like, it's so many parallels between sport and life, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, it's our relationship. Um, right. You know, and I think, you know, for our culture, but people grew up, like, in the same environment, relationship is important, trust and loyalty, right? And mm. so, you know, I think that's going to be number one, bro. You got to be able to relate to these young men. Um, you know, and it's a different environment, too. Like, they got more distractions with the social media, you know, the NIL stuff. So it's a lot of stuff to compete with. And so, you know, I think first and foremost, you got to form that relationship, you know, right. not only with the young men, but also their parents or center of influences, the people that are involved. And you got to show them attention because there's so many things that take that attention away. So, you know, it starts with recruiting, you know, Kirby over at Georgia said all the time, listen, man, like it ain't the coaches, it's the players and understanding that, man, I got to get a relationship with the players, get them on campus. Um, and once they get on campus, it got to be an environment. Like when I first got to Auburn, the majority of our team was either from Georgia, Florida, or Alabama. And so, you know, there was a lot of connection there and we had that communication and that bond that we created. And, you know, it all started with the relationship. You know, you get the relationship part, right? We can deal with the circumstances. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's just having the support there. Nah, that's tough. Um, so while we're on that subject, let me ask you this. As a guy from Cartersville, Georgia, um, what made you choose Auburn? Like, so a lot of people like may not remember, but is 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 you were supposed to go to you committed to Tennessee before you came to Auburn. Yeah, that's right. And you're one of the top running backs in the whole country. So you didn't you didn't commit to Georgia, you committed to Tennessee and ended up at Auburn. Can you take us through that process and what made you Choose George. I mean, excuse me. Choose Auburn in the end. 
Yeah, you know, I think like it go back to what I was saying about relationship, right? Like, so right. with my parents, they were like, "Hey, man, this your process. Go where you feel wanted." But you know, for me, it was I started out. I was baseball was my first love, so I actually right. wanted to go play baseball at Florida State. But just because of you know how that always works out and shakes out, like you know, you get partial scholarship. I'm like, I don't know where the rest of it gonna come from because I'm not right. in a situation where I can pay for school or room and board, books, none of that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. You know, being a hometown guy, I was partial to Georgia. I had an older cousin that played running back at Georgia. Okay. And so, you know, it was kind of a situation where it's their situation to not mess up, right? And so, right. you know, Jim Dunning was the coach. You know, we get through the season. I wasn't getting a lot of love from Georgia. Uh, and then we kind of entered the playoffs. And then they started coming around. Um, but they was also recruiting, you know, a, a guy out of Jersey, I think, Moses Smith. Right. And so, hey, man, if they recruit him and I'm a local guy from Georgia, you know, I just don't feel appreciated. And so, you know, the big thing was, hey, man, like if I'm a Georgia kid and I'm not really being recruited, being pursued by Georgia, you know, that just kind of like, uh, now nah, I'm straight on that. You know, and so that was relationship. I didn't have a relationship. Um, and so Tennessee was coming up and Auburn was coming every week. And so I saw them all the time. I knew I wanted to play in the SEC. Um, and so, you know what, like, Tennessee, you know, I was like, all right, they showing a lot of interest. I knew Tennessee. I used to go watch Jamal Lewis, you know, Travis Henry, like they style of running. I'm like, oh, that fit what I like to do. You know what I'm saying? And so I just liked the way that they ran the ball, they offense. But then, you know, I also know Mazzoni, who was offensive coordinator at Auburn, like he was coming too. So, you know, he compete, he was commit competing, you know, and so he showed up. I felt wanted from them. And so, man, after my state championship game, I ended up playing against being Lear's little brother in the state championship mm. in 2000. We played Hart County, you know, and we played them. And I had gone to Auburn or whatever and did my official visit. But he came to the game and he made sure he came up and spoke to me after the game. And it was just relationship. I'm like, man, if this is the starting quarterback and if the guy, this guy comes to speak to me after the game, I appreciate that. And so it's our relationship, man. And so I took my official visit to Auburn fell in love with it because before that I was just playing baseball all summer. So that was the only official visit I took. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, man, Cartersville small, Auburn small, just felt like home, man. No, no. Hey man, there's so much in that, that uh, I never knew as long as I've been, know I've been knowing you like over 20 years. I never knew a lot of that story. So no, that's extra dope. Um, the next question I have is, so you were in 2005, the best running back available to the NFL. Like, let's just, like, let's call it spade to spade. Like, so there were a whole lot of other running backs out there and you were the number two pick, the first running back selected. When did you know that you had a shot to go pro? I don't care what age it was. You could say five, you could say one, you could say nine. When did you, know, you know that you were going pro? You know, uh, I mean, just kind of start from, like at six years old, I told my mama I was going to be a professional athlete. Okay. You know, and so my goal, like most guys growing up in the environment situation, I did, you know, we had enough. Um, but you know, my goal was always to buy my mom a house. Like that's that's it. Like, cause you know, I moved around a lot growing up, like stayed in apartments, I stayed in a trailer, like so we had a lot of stuff going on. And so, you know, I knew from her hard work, and I'm like, all right, I wanna that's my goal. Like, you know, and so when I set out when I got to Auburn. You know, it wasn't no, it wasn't no easy ride. My first year, obviously, you know, Rudy Johnson there. I didn't start. I ended up redshirting the next year. I start spring out on the second stream because Cadillac comes in. So, you know, I'm like, man, you know what? Like, 
the one thing I did learn from my parents, man, is hard work, dedication. Um, you know, I think morals and principles. Like that's why I hold that so close um, in how I operate. And so, man, I was like, you know what? I made a commitment. You're not going to outwork me. And that's just how I view everything. Like you might be better than me, but you're not going to outwork me. And so, you know, going into my sophomore year, I wasn't really playing. Then Lack, unfortunately, got hurt. That was my opportunity to step on the scene. We was playing Florida at Florida. Right, I played I the second that. half, you know, and, you know, my goal, I'm going to jump the thing. Like, I'm going to show you, like, I'm supposed to be out here. And so played that year, did well, going into my junior year, you know, the same thing, kind of had a split time. And so, you know, after that, I'd already graduated. And so when it came to the decision, I got a third round grade back. Like, hey, man, like, you know, I got a shot. Like, this my shot because I ain't a starter. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm considered the backup. Maybe I'll take a shot at this. But then sitting down, we got Al Boyd just come in, new offensive coordinator. And he started talking to me. He's like, hey, running man, I like your skill set. You know, I think you can do some different things. Show your versatility. Um, you know, I like to kind of emphasize that. And I'm like, all right, I already graduated. So I don't really have nothing to lose. So I came back. And so I guess to answer that question, my junior year, I thought I had a chance, but by coming back and allowing him to put me in different position to be successful, to show my skill set, it made it to where, you know, I, I ended up being selected as a backup running back in the 2005 NFL draft. No, nah, man, that, that, that's, that's, that's like one of those stories that like, it just like, when you talk about uh, perseverance and you talk about like just staying down, like. Every, every like so all the kids like right now you know i'm an unk now you know what i mean yeah. i got the gray you know i'm the unk but all nephews all they talk about is standing on business like you know so that's that's the popular phrase right now so it sounded like that's what you did you was like you know what i came here for a reason i know what i'm gonna do and i'm standing on business and like and a lot so i can attest to that because i remember in sewer hall we had unlimited food right steaks spaghetti, fried chicken, you name it. You can get, as long as you got in there at five o'clock, you can eat till seven to eat as much as you could. And I started noticing you eating salads. I was like, bro, man, Ronnie already cut up. He already big. Man, bro, eating a salad. And you know, you wouldn't even say a whole lot. You'll just, you know, flash a little smile like you always. I'm like, bro, what you eating? You're like, oh, well, forget this salad, boy. And I'm like, I wasn't even paying attention to what you were really doing. So then fast forward, I think y'all had an early game. And so we over at Scarborough Square, um, I think uh, Mayo, uh, Lodi, and Don A were staying together, and we watching uh, running back on college football. And 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 dude was straight. Yeah. And I was like, you know, let's turn back, let's watch this guy. You're like, no, nah, I got to watch my competition. And uh, you you turn to the Texas game, and at the time that was Cedric Benson. God bless the dead. Very very great running back, and uh, and a good person too. And uh, at that point. I knew that you knew something that, you know, that I didn't know. And I, and I consider myself to be a, a, a pretty, a pretty avid football fan, but what gave you that dedication to know that you could be the best? Like you, you, like you knew you like, you know, what I want to compete against the best every time, every day. What gave you that dedication and the discipline to say, you know, what, I'm passing up on some of this other stuff. I'm going to get a salad. Uh, you know, what, I could watch this game that the popular game, but I want to watch what somebody's doing to see how, how my competition is fair and how can I get better? Yeah, for me, bro, it's it's it go back to how I grew up. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew what I wanted to do. And so being able to overcome them obstacles, you know, one of the things, even when I talk to young guys now, I'm like, man, remember why you started. Like, remember the mission, right? Like mm -hmm. I said, like I wanted to buy my mom a house. So everything that I do got to be in alignment with 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 the goal of, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish. 
I ain't know how to do it. I was trying to fit it like with the salad. I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, it just looked like the right thing I'm supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if that's going to help, bro, that's what I got to do. And so, you know, like you say, like the popular friend, standing on business, bro, like everything I I, I try to approach it that way. You know, even with going to class, I'm graduating. Right. Cause I made a promise to my mom. Listen, when, cause first thing, you know, you know how they, like when I left to go to school, she said, don't come back. Like to, you know what I'm saying? Like right. to you go do what you supposed, like don't, you not coming back before you do what you supposed to do. Right. And so bro, I just always had that in the back of my mind, bro. And that motivation, like, Hey bro, like whatever I got to do to make this, this what I'm going to do. And so, you know, when I'm sitting there watching the game, everybody talking about these other running backs, you know, for me, I'm like, all right, I'm putting that in the memory bank. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bro, this is what I got to do. You know what I'm saying? This is a part of the grind. I'm the number two running back on my own team. So I'm pointing out people like, all right, that's just added motivation. So when I get my shot, like you going to know, you feel me? Like I'm right. going to make sure like people be like, Hey, wait a minute. Like who this cat right here? Like he should be playing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And right. was always the mission. Like I understood why I started playing this game what the goal was behind it, um, you know, and football was my safe haven. You know, it was my escape from my environment, but also it was my motivation to put my family and my parents in a different situation. Right. Now, hey, man, you know, a lot of us, like, <clears throat> when I say us, I just mean, like, people who may not have had, let's say, let, 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 let's break it down a little further. Auburn graduates who may not have had as much as some of our classmates, Right. Right. All right, dig. So there's a little bit extra that we had to go for. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to paint a picture here. You've got Cadillac Williams, Ronnie Brown, Brandon Jacobs, all in the same backfield. And that and, and that moment in time when you realized, that, did you know that all three of you guys would be in the NFL? Did you know that, like, you know what, like, all three of us could be playing right now? And how was that locker room at the time with three guys who were all used to being a man? Man, you know what? It was crazy. Like, because when Brandon came in, man, I see bro, bro, 6'4", 6'5", like 265. I'm like, and he running too. You know what running. I mean? So I'm like, all right. And then I got Lat come in. Like, I already seen what he can do year one. So, like, so looking at that, bro, I'm like, listen, man, like, I, always, I ain't never been the really person to worry about other people. Like, that's the same thing I tell my kids. Like, I knew we we created an environment of competition within our room, right? It was respect for each other. But I knew in the back, I got to show up every day. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, and I got to prove myself. And so that's just how I approached it. Like, we was cool. You know, I still talk to Brandon, Lack, one of my partners. Like, and so just going through that, like, but in my mindset, bro, it's the same thing. Remember the mission. You know what I'm saying? Like, mission. When I when I show up every day, like you gonna get my best, like whatever that is, like and if you beat me, you got me, but you gonna get my best. You feel me? And so that's how I mean. Even when I ran the ball, listen, if you gonna come tackle me, that's cool, but I want to know if you are gonna do it four quarters. Like we gonna see. Like, and so that's just how I approach life. Like, bro, I gotta approach and deal with adversity head on. Like that's that's how my mom was. Like, and so you know, like that's just how I approach life now. No, nah, that's hard, bro. So, all right, let, let, let's fast forward. Okay, number two pick, you go to Miami, right? All right, the Wildcat offense. When, what happened when, like, how did the Wildcat offense get introduced? Like, 
how like what 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 were you doing when you like like it was like hey we're gonna run this and you're gonna be the guy you're gonna be the trigger man for the wildcat offense like nobody was doing that at nfl level like you're really like the guy that's associated with introducing or being the first trigger man for the wildcat offense and beating the patriots doing it right yeah bro so it's it's funny how that i mean it came about because you know when i'm drafted second overall you know as a running back you know to the miami dolphins one the thing that guys don't realize, like the higher you get drafted, the higher your expectations are. And usually the team wasn't in a good situation the previous year. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's a right. lot of proving that you got to do. Um, but even going into Miami, man, like even thinking about it now, like, cause I ain't never been a vocal person. I'm trying to get better at that. But, you know, like in six years in Miami, I played, well, I think I had 10 quarterbacks. We had two different owners. I had two GMs. Uh, and so, you know, what three head coaches and so it was a lot of turnover and so right. during that time you know we had our uh a quarterback coach coach uh d lee from he coached to arkansas with felix jones Darren fan uh peyton hillis and all them cats and so you know we had chad pennington at the time right and so he had come off the shoulder injury when he was with new york real cerebral understood the game you know real great leader but you know, he ended up getting, you know, it was kind of like, all right, man, we struggling. We got me and Ricky in the backfield. We also got Patrick Cobb. And then, you know, we got uh, another one of my, but Lou Soccer Polite, who was our fullback. I remember him. Just looking at that, bro, like, Coach was like, hey, man, we need to figure out how to get you guys on the field at the same time. You know, and so I'm like, I ain't never played quarterback. So we go in a meeting. He's like, hey, man, I want to introduce something. And we put it in. And he's like, like, man, I baseball player, I ain't never played, you know, quarterback, but I feel comfortable back there calling the show. You know what I'm saying? Ricky right. made this hard right, hard left, you know what I'm saying, coming across in motion. And we put it in, bro, and it was in for a few weeks. Didn't really work at practice because we tried to put it in in the worst situation to kind of see what we was going to get. Right. And, I mean, we was against the wall. We lost with our first two games going into New England. Like, I mean, we ain't got nothing to lose. So they called it. We ran it. And, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> Hey, man, that's like one of my favorite memories of seeing somebody like, you know, like on the south side, we had a lot of folks that like went to the league. But at the end of the day, like me being able to see you like out there, I was like, hey, that's my dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? We were just in Haley Center about, about yeah. two months ago. You feel me? So like just seeing you get that type of shine, man, that, that, that was crazy. So like, so right now you're taking a different approach than a lot of people have taken when they get in the media, like you're, you're like, you've been very successful when it comes to like media, but you're also a financial advisor and you, and you deal with a lot of finances and reaching back and helping people get and helping athletes and, and just the community get their finances together. So with you being such a financial guru, can you tell us what was your absolute worst and most expensive purchase that you wish that you could take back? Man, um, you know, I appreciate the compliment. I don't know if I consider myself a guru, but at the end, I just care, man. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I, I know what it takes to sacrifice to be able to make, you know, the amount of money, whoever it is. You know what I'm saying? Whether that's a thousand dollars, a hundred thousand, a million. Like I know the sacrifice, especially when you come from certain environments. Right. And so the number one, man, I just care. You know what I'm saying? Because I understand that grind. Um, but for me, man how I got here was knowing that I didn't know that. Like, coming from Cartersville, like, we were talking, you know, before we started, man, I left school, I had $187 in my checking account. Three months later, I get drafted. Somebody paid me millions of dollars. I'm from a small town now. I'm in Miami. 
they like, oh, be responsible, be the number two pick, be a good football player, learn how to decipher, how to deal with family, how to deal with being in this new environment. I'm like, it's a lot. And so I started trying to educate myself on that. And so, you know, I did some dumb stuff. That's what I tell the young kid. I'm like, bro, I did some dumb stuff. Like, I ain't saying don't do it, but I'm going to try to teach you how to do it better. You know what I'm saying? Like, my goal as somebody that did it before you is to not let you hit the same hurdles that I ran into. And so... You know, I'm like, hey, man, I brought the $100,000 necklace with the cross, like with my number on, I had a big two, three, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, hey, like, you know, but now looking back, I'm happy I did because I realized, like, that I didn't need that, too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, and I got it out of the system. Um, you know, and it's like when your mom said, don't touch the stove, first thing you're going to do, go touch it, and ah, it's hot. Like, so, you know, some of the stuff you got to figure out is just trying to limit those mistakes and being around people who going to tell you what you need to hear rather than what you want to hear. And so, yeah. you know, that's just how I did it, man. I was like, okay, man, this is kind of dumb, you know? And so right. I learned my lesson early on. Thank God. Like, you know what I mean? But no, that's, I did. You know, that's, that's cold-blooded because at the end of the day, you think about it, like, in that time period, 100000 and in around that time, a $100,000 piece back then, like, with inflation, man, that's probably like a seven, $800,000 piece for, like, a rapper that comes out today. So yeah. for you, <clears throat> so for you to be able to have that experience and tell somebody like you're not just going to talk to a, a guy or a kid and say, yeah, man, do this, do that, do that. Like, bro, no, I had this. I lived that life. I'm telling you, it ain't nothing behind that. Like, yeah. you, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like one of my yeah. favorite stories and one of my favorite athletes was always uh, Manny Ramirez. Yeah. And Manny Ramirez said, you know what? I'm gonna go buy the forty dollar diamond earrings instead of the four the, the four thousand or forty thousand ones. Because like y'all know I got money. Like I'm why I gotta impress you and you already know, you know what I mean? Yep. So it's like uh like I always like paid attention to that. And uh I think that it's important for the community to understand like what is a good purchase, right? You know, what and, and value is relative. So things that people value when you're not in the situation that you may be able to afford it would make you purchase something that you it may be a bad purchase. Right, yeah. like so, Bill Gates buying a hundred thousand dollar chain that ain't nothing, right? You know what I'm saying? But yeah, and Bill, yeah. Bill Gates ain't buying a hundred thousand dollar chain, right? right? And it's and and that's something I had to learn, and it's all relative, you know, because I'm saying that thing was nice too, bro. Like that thing, <laughs> that two, I remember. Three, but, <laughs> they, hey, like boy Wayne said, bling bling. Like that thing was nice. I had the grill and everything to match, but. It was just, I realized too, like, I'm like, this ain't really me. Like, even now, like, I don't wear earrings. I ain't wear earrings about 15, 20 years. You know what I'm saying? But right. it was something that being in that environment, you know, people telling you, you deal it, you new to it. You know what I'm saying? It's like giving a 16-year-old car, like your your son, your daughter, a 16-year-old, they've been, they've been practicing driving for their learner test. And they driving test, driving a minivan. They turn 16, you give them a Ferrari and put them in Atlanta traffic and say, all right something going to happen. Like, it's going to be an accident. You know what I'm saying? And that's essentially what happens in that situation. Like, guys with no kind of education financially, you know, you get this money, you go to certain environments, certain expectations, you're going to make some mistakes. And so, you know, it's just trying to understand that and understand too at the end of the day, like, who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it to impress other people? Because mm. if you're doing it to impress other people, you're never going to do it enough because somebody always going to have more. And, you know, for me, I tell these cats, bro, I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know because I done seen it. You know what I'm saying? And I done done some of it. And so, 
you know, just trying to get them to understand, bro. Like, I ain't trying to not tell you how to have fun, but at the end of the day, I want you to be straight after making all these sacrifices when all this stuff gone. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these people that you kicking it with, all of the relationships gone, like, you still got to be able to lay your head down at night and know, like, hey, man, like, I'm still okay. Hey, you know what? Let's, let's get into some, um, and I don't, we, like, this, this may be a little bit personal, and uh, I, don't, I don't expect for you to say any names or nothing like that, but, like, all right, so me personally, like, you know, I've got friends that I've seen up, up, right? Mm-hmm. And they got up at a young age. And now I've seen them when they're down, right? So if you're, like, how do you handle you personally, right? Because I don't got a whole lot. But, you know, in my na- in my community, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where I'm from, like, you know, somebody know, like, man, you always go to dudes, like, you know, dudes going to figure it out. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. one of them things, like, oh, he'll figure it out. Shit, go to dude. So how do you handle situations when somebody may be asking Ronnie Brown for something that they would have asked him for when he just signed that huge deal today? Because people always count your pockets, Right. They, they count your money before you do a lot of times. Yeah. And so how do you handle those situations when people are asking and you like, bro, like, oh, like, I got a family. I got stuff to do. Like, that's just not part of what I got going on right now. Yeah, I had to I had to learn the hard way. You know what I'm saying? Like I had some close relationships that I had to cut ties with over time. You know what I mean? And it hurt me because it was people close to me that, you know what I'm saying? I thought they understood the situation, understanding where I come from. You know, and just even just sharing personal story, like both of my parents, they had their own personal struggles. You know what I mean? And so, you know, God bless both of them. They no longer here. But I was like, bro, I ain't got no fallback plan. Like if this don't work out for me, I don't have nobody that's going to look out. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, like I said, I had to remember the mission the whole way through. Like I got to understand what this thing about. And so, you know, you get to looking at them situations and you get to understand like, the best thing about adversity is you get a chance to see who really rock with you in the moments. Yeah, and so, you know, so you go through them situations. Like I tore my ACL, bro. Like, and people that used to call, like they weren't calling, weren't checking on me. And I'm like, all right, like note taken. You feel me? Like, right. so now as I've gotten older, that circles got smaller because, you know, like I said, bro, relationship, that's important to me. And that character, that integrity, that them principles, the morals, like, I got to stand on that. And at the end of the day, like when I ain't got nothing else, like, you know what I'm saying? And like, when I tell people like over the last few years, I've learned a lot through losing both my mom and dad, you know, in the span of six months, Mm. it don't matter what you got in the moments. Like, you feel me? Like what? No amount of money, what? No cause, no, like what? None of that going to help me, you know, like seeing my mama in the, in the hospital bed, COVID linked up to all that stuff. Like, don't none of that change that. And so that put everything in perspective. And so realizing that, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, getting a phone call from the hospital saying, man, your dad, you know, it even probably not going to make it. Like, you know, you have to make a decision with life support. And I'm like, bro, that's what make it real. You feel me? And the yeah. people that you've been calling them moments, like them true friends, you know, and I got some friends that's closer than family. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so. and, I, and I, and the, and you know, I'm big on quotes and stuff. So, you know, I be telling people like blood make you related but loyalty make you family. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, that's just how I had to learn the hard way. Um, You know, a lot of these young cats, you're going to, you know, you're going to have to learn the hard way, but, you know, you have to also realize, like, bro, everybody by your side, not on your side. Man, like, come on, so, with it. Real so Ronnie. You, 
Yeah, Love Ronnie Brown, man. <laughs> yes, you just, I mean, and it's hard too. You feel me? Because some of them people been there since, you know, six. Like you slept, you, we had to sleep head to toe. Like it's some yeah. of them type relationship. Yeah. And I still had to, you know, hey man, like it ain't, it ain't in the best interest of what I got to do going forward. Man, you know what's crazy? Like, you know, on a much smaller scale, like, you know, I got a lot of those same type of relationship, like, folk, like, you know, you know, like you said, head to toe, like four or five of us in the bed, you know what I'm saying? Everybody at grandma house, you know what I'm saying? We split a bag of beans, like that type deal, you know what I'm saying? Like, ain't no hot water, ain't no hot water, man. Y'all go boil the pot, you feel me? Like yeah. that one, you know what I'm saying? And growing up and understanding, like, it, one of the hardest things about adulthood to me has been understanding who people are. And once you realize, like, and it, like you said, being on quotes, like, they say when somebody shows you who you are, you, you need to believe them, right? You better believe them because that's their character. That's in their character. That's they possess that trait. Like for sure. Like it's like certain things that I'm not gonna do to you, you ain't gonna do to me. I don't care what's going on. Like we always had like the type of respect, like bro, I ain't, I ain't going bad on bro, like period, like never. And you know, right. it's been it has been situations where I'd have been in the favor, you'd have been in the favor. It don't matter, like you know what I'm saying? But we never went back and forth on nothing like that. But Everybody isn't like that. You know what I'm saying? So when you understand, like, hey, you know what? If bruh up, he ain't gonna treat me the same way. You know what I'm saying? And when and that's one of the that's like one of the most heartbreaking things, like, you know, as becoming a man is understanding that like everybody ain't the same. But being able to identify that for any of the young guys that are listening, like, you know, a lot of athletes, whoever, athlete, you can just be somebody who's about to graduate college. Anytime you in that position, understanding like every like like my man said, like man, everybody, what you say, everybody ain't on your side, ain't by yeah, your everybody side. Everybody by your side ain't on your side. Man, you know that's I mean? the one, boy. You hear me? Uh, now, so look, we'll we'll like we'll we'll wrap it up soon. And uh, what I did want to ask you was, right now, if let's say your son is a high school senior, 2023, right? What would Auburn have to do to get his commitment? They got to be relationship, bro. Like, cause it don't, I mean, yeah, loyalty big on me, you know, and he like, he love Auburn, both my kids, my son and my daughter, my wife and I, we met at Auburn, but at the end of the day, this, his decision, like this, his future, you feel me? And so he got to feel comfortable with the relationship. I, I don't been through the experience, so I know what it's supposed to look like. And so I know, and I I know how to hold coaches accountable. I know the conversations that we need to have, but it got to be some interest. Like you got to pursue my son. Like this ain't me being recruited again. You feel me? And so you got to develop that relationship with him um, or her. And so, you know, make them feel like this is where they want to go. And that's dope. Like, cause at the end of the day, when it comes down to like relationships, and I think that's one thing that when people say, you know, a lot of people are like bash Auburn's recruiting right now. Yeah. And I think that Auburn has done a better job of becoming more relationship based. Right. Just from what I hear, like, you know, I'm like, okay, they're doing a better job, you know, saying as far as the relationship portion of it. But to hear from a guy who you've been recruited by everybody in the country. Right. You've been around the program. You've been around the top guys. Like you got to think like you're playing with Ricky Williams. Like you guys, I'm I'm 1000 percent positive. You guys have shared stories about your recruitment or like, you know, so. When it comes down to that, like just hearing that from you, that like, relationships still matter. Like, cause it, we're in a world where everybody thinks that it's all about NIL. Everybody thinks, oh, they've got a bigger NIL package. Like, no, dog, it's still relationships. Everybody got NIL. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, man, like my best asset, and you know, and I've 
been fortunate and blessed enough to do a lot of cool things um, in my life that I never thought I'd get a chance to, but my right. best assets are my kids, right? right and yeah. so I got to be able to trust you to take care of my kids like they your kids for three, four years. And on, so man. if I can't feel that, I don't, like I said, the money, that's cool, but at the end of the day, it got to be relationship. Like, my son can't call me telling me that he don't feel comfortable, like he don't feel like he being treated. Like that's a whole total different thing. Like ain't nobody like they gonna, want me. Like the money ain't gonna fix that. You feel me? And so yeah. that's where the relationship, and that's why I tell the young cat, I'm like, man, the money cool, but don't let the money mess up the mission. Cause you chase the money, you end up in a bad situation. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Come on. And man. now your relationship become transactional because they like, man, I don't owe you nothing. You took the money, so you here because of the money. However, the relationship go. That's how the relationship go. And so Man. I'm like, bro, listen, we ain't even gonna start with let's start with a relationship. We ain't got no relationship. We ain't got nothing. You feel me? And so Man. that's no, where it's start. Um, you know, no. and these young guys gotta realize that because even too, like another one of my don't confuse NIL with NFL. Just cause you getting a little NIL, that ain't trying to make it to the league. Cause that little money ain't gonna change your life. Like, so don't jam yourself trying to chase a little money, end up in a bad situation. And so, you know, these cats got to realize that and somebody got to keep it a buck with them, too, and tell them, like, hey, man, like, this is what you need to hear right here. No, nah, that's hard, man. That's probably like one of the best ones I heard. And, you know, I, like, you know, like when you like when you move around a little bit, like especially on the south side, you hear a whole lot of sayings, right? That's yeah. one of the best ones I done heard in a minute, bit, dog. So last thing. Let's say we do a face swap right now. You Brian Harson. Right. Your team is a twenty nine point five point underdog to Georgia. And we, I could talk all day about that because as long as I've been involved with Auburn, it's never been that. Yeah. All right. How do you get those guys ready to play this weekend? What do you say? Bro, I, you just, you got to let, bro, who are you? What, what do you stand for as a person? Like, that last name that you represent, when you left the house, like, when, when you talk to your mom and dad, they tell you, hey, bro, look, your last name means something. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? And so when you get out there, that means something. Like, what type of person are you at the end of the day? Because how I was, when I lined up against you, like, it's going to be a you or, it's going to be you or me. And nine times out of ten, it ain't going to be me. Like, whatever I got to do. Like, you might get me here there, but it ain't going to be me. And so at the end of the day, it's man to man. Like, what do you stand for? Like, you say on side, first, we stand on, you got to stand on the business. Like, the bed, you play football, like, and this is what you're supposed to do. Like, it ain't doing it for nobody else. Like, you got to do what you signed up to do. 